Welcome to Costly One Podcasts, the official podcast for CosplayOne.com, the place where cosplayers, cosplay photographers, and costume makers go to show their work. If you're not already on the site, you should check us out after the show. You'll find it easy to sign up and get started. You can organize your photos into series, characters, and events. And what's even better is we've made it easy to credit other people who have contributed to the cosplay. So, would you kindly check us out at CosplayOne.com? Hi, I'm Bashar, and we're back again with another episode from Cosplay One Podcasts. This is episode 11. We've been uh, off for a while uh, as we're working on new updates for the uh, site. Happy to be back, and our guest today is David Barber from UK. Hi, David. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Bashar. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. It's great having you. Uh, finally, we have had a long delay before recording this podcast. It's been tricky. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, hopefully, we can get uh, faster from now on. Uh, so, before we start hammering you with questions, can you give us a little brief about yourself? Um, yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me again. Um, my name is David Barber, as Basha said. Um, I'm from Essex in England and the UK. Um, I actually live in Brentwood in Essex, which for those of you who are familiar with um, fake reality TV series, it's actually where the only way is Essex is filmed, or TOWIE for short. I'm proud to say I've never watched it, but apparently it's quite popular. Um, I've, um, I work in London, I work in the energy industry, um, so for those of you um, in the UK, I apologise for the Gaz and Lecky adverts about uh, rolling out smart metering. I am not involved in it, but I cringe every time I see it. But <laughs> I'm involved in that. So the next time some, your supplier phones up and says, do you want a smart meter? Yeah, I do that. Um, um, I've been uh, cosplaying for a couple of years, well, about a year or so, um, into my uh, geek culture. Like, I was probably... <laughs> probably on the geeky end of the spectrum before it became um, cool in the early noughties. Mm-hmm. Um, always been a big fan of Doctor Who, particularly during its wilderness years when it wasn't on TV. Um, and um, yeah, like, I like my comic books, my t- um, sci-fi series, all kinds of stuff. I can spend many an hour talking about the, um, the, I know, the, the philosophical aspects of Star Wars, Star uh-huh. Trek and Doctor Who. Uh, which one are you? Which 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 one? Which one of them are you a fan of? All three. All three. Um, okay. Yeah, no. Obviously, Star Wars has, I think, has touched many of people's lives. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who. Um, well, it's the longest running uh, science fiction series. Uh, it's I so innovative. Have episode yet? I can't. I'm ashamed to admit it. <laughs> don't don't say that to me. That's, 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 that's almost as bad as saying you've never watched Star Wars, which so, I know quite a few people that have never watched Star Wars. Um, I, I do yeah, as no. well. Uh, no, the thing is, Doctor Who is not really popular at all in our uh, region, um, from Kuwait, if anyone doesn't know. Uh, the funny thing is, uh, my first trip with my wife and kid, we were going to Wales, and there was this small convention or display. I had no idea what it was. And I just thought, okay, let me pay for the tour. And I went inside and it was all Doctor Who. And for someone who has no clue what Doctor Who is, you can tell how 
confusing we were and how boring it was because <laughs> you don't know what that is. So just took us five minutes to work out and lose some money. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> and then I came to know about it afterwards. Was that in Cardiff? Yeah, it was in Cardiff. There is this center nearby the seaport, right? Like, yeah, the, doc- yeah. the Doctor Who experience. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, closed down back in oh. uh, October last year oh. because their um, the the lease that the BBC had with the uh, the Welsh uh, um, Cardiff's council ran out. So it, all, all the stuff, all the costumes and all the props they have there have mm. gone into storage until they can find a new home for it at some oh. point, which is quite a shame. But I was lucky enough to go to it um, uh, last year before um, going to an event in North Wales, which is called the Sci-Fi Weekender, mm-hmm. um, So, uh, which is a small kind of independent kind of like science fiction and fantasy convention type thing. Um, but we had a few days in me and my wife had a few days in Cardiff beforehand and we had a chance to get there before it it shut up shop as it were. Uh, uh, so David, you the beginning described yourself as sort of new in the crossplay, say one year and a half. What was your first experience? What did you crossplay and how did it go? Um well I guess my first like proper cosplay was back in July twenty sixteen. Uh, when I sort of just went for kind of a Jedi Knight costume. Um, uh, before that, um, I kind of dabbled here and there. Um, I've been to a couple of secret cinema events, um, uh, which is kind of like an immersive uh, uh, cinema experience where you're, um, you, uh, it's, it's all very much kept under wraps. It's in a secret location. They encourage you. They they take your phones off you, so you can't take photos and videos, sort of thing. And um, like they uh, recreate the um, kind of the experience of living the movie. Um, so uh, the first one I went to was Secret Cinema Presents Back to the Future, where um, they recreated um, Hill Valley Town Square in the mid um, on uh, at the um, London Olympic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the the clock tower was actually the um, the cinema screen, and then they had um, a replica DeLorean and uh, stunt performers and bits and pieces. So as you were watching the movie, they um, they'd perform stuff in front of you and around you, as it were, and up to the performance, they'd recreate scenes from the film, actually in like the the shops they'd recreated and the, and Lou's diner and what have you, mm. um, and then. The year uh, in, in 2015, they did The Empire Strikes Back. Um, so I dressed, I, 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 that you get kind of like assigned a character. So my wife got uh, a Jedi Knight and I got Farm Boy. <laughs> so I, I was channeling my inner Luke Skywalker. Um, but um, what they did there was that you kind of lived and experienced. Um, uh, the scenes from uh, A New Hope. So they recreated the Death Star and Tatooine, and you were wandering around um, and interacting with Boba Fett and Jawas and all kinds of things. And yeah, then um, I had no idea about so, these experiences. Sounds awesome. So um, so yeah, so um, uh, so obviously you kind of put together an outfit for that. In fact, I'm off to see they're doing Blade Runner in uh, from March. So um, me and a couple of mates are going to go to that so mm. just waiting, waiting to see um what um what kind of suggestions they have for kind of um 
effectively background character outfits but i guess it'll be kind of like futuristic film noir look type thing so mm -hmm. but yeah so I, I guess in summary like the cosplay was really like sort of 2016 but i've always dabbled here and there even when i was a kid i dressed up as doctor who for my okay. school book week <laughs> uh at, at conventions you're mostly cosplaying video game characters uh am i right um yeah um because uh, i i've always been quite a big gamer as it were and mm -hmm. particularly like single player um, particularly um, role-playing games or ones with particularly strong storylines in, involved in it. So, mm -hmm. um, And also, it's quite good sometimes. I guess my first kind of con cosplay was a, a Lone Wanderer from Fallout 4. So, uh -huh. And because you create your own character and everything, you can kind of create your own look and put your own spin on it. So, uh -huh. uh, um, so I put together kind of... Like I, ordered a custom fitted vault suit but then added like armor plating and bits and pieces to it and then after that i then uh, kind of put together um uh, the kind of book of dewitt cosplay that Nancy mm -hmm. um you kindly took photos of um earlier last year um and um and it's kind of evolved from there so yeah so i, I like it's almost kind of it, living the experience you have while playing a game if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah whatsoever. yeah yeah makes perfect sense it's it's i was picture it like as we were kids and we pretend to play and then we grow up and we didn't really grow up we still want to pretend to play yes yes so i suppose the clues in the name of cosplay costume play <laughs> yeah but um, the um uh but yeah no um i just kind of I suppose it's escape, really. Mm -hmm. um, being uh, pretend, uh, uh, like uh, getting into the character, or um, or even just making uh, someone's day at a convention when you sort of rock up and uh, are looking at least vaguely like a character that um, someone really likes from yeah. themselves, and like the, uh, the the it's quite a buzz getting someone sort of t yelling hey hey Booker and yeah. you're going what and then you get the thumbs up or what have you um, so yeah yeah and you you were the only Booker duet at the Bioshock uh, meetup in MCM May in London so yes, that was London, really good it. you came yeah. uh, tell I, us about the props uh, did you make the props for that cosplay. Uh, no, no, uh, not the not the skyhook. Um, uh -huh. That was um, a replica made by Necker, who've also done like replicas of like the Eve hypo and mm -hmm. um, and the little sister syringes. Um, so I just kind of sourced one of them. Um, I wish I could have made it myself, but uh, at the time I just Very didn't know where to start. Um, sort of thing. Whereas in contrast, like Bathysphere cosplay, um, Sophia Whitlaw. Who arranged the meetup? Obviously, did make her own skyhook, which is far more impressive than anything I did. <laughs> it was um, was impressive, yeah. She's really good. So, um, so yeah, like, I, I, the, the, my kind of prop making only has kind of happened since then. So that I've kind of started dabbling in foam work and what have you. Um, 
so like i i think i i i was feeling kind of post con blues after that weekend and made myself a bioshock wrench one eat <laughs> during the during the because it was the bank holiday weekend so on the monday i just kind of sat watching um, movies in the background while shaping foam to make the, the wrench from bioshock wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, what made you interested into booker duet's character is it the game mainly that this is the most famous maybe male character or is there something that draw you to this character in specific um i guess broadly speaking uh, i've always really liked uh bioshock games in general they're very compelling storylines um the, the the visual aesthetics of kind of like that kind of late 50s vibe with slightly futuristic elements mm-hmm. thrown in and what have you um i guess the the reason why i probably cosplayed by uh, booker dewitt was more driven by the fact that in bioshock infinite the character you played spoke <laughs> yes. um, and yeah. there was more kind of dialogue um and it was uh whereas in the in the first Bioshock game most of the conversation was done through like kind of radio snippet sort of bits and you're you're, you're very much a mute character um and you only really saw f- photos of the character you play kind of towards the later latter end of the game whereas mm-hmm. um from the outset in Bioshock Infinite you kind of know who you are what you look like and what have you uh-huh. uh, so I guess and as a consequence of that, it's more recognizable. Whereas um, yeah. uh, J- Jack Ryan in the, the first Bioshock game, like um, you only realize towards the end that he's wandering around in a, in a pinstripe suit trousers and a fisherman's jumper mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. towards the later end of the game. And while I've subsequently kind of uh, cosplayed as Jack, um, it's, it's obviously a, a bit more of a more subtle cosplay. And um, um, like... Back in October, only a few very knowing people outside of the Bioshock meetup that I went to actually um, said, "Hi, Jack." <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to spot. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. Uh, why, why do you think no one would cosplay Comstock? Why didn't you play cosplay Comstock? Like you'd be God. You missed on that. Yes. Oh, oh. Um, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it in that way. Um, Sort of thing. Um, we should have to write like, book, Booker Duet and Comstock in a single photo shoot. That would be interesting. I, I guess it's the. Um, I've only really just started sort of dabbling in kind of prosthetics and mm-hmm. bits and pieces. So walking, trying to get a decent enough beard to kind of do the, um, the go for um, Comstock would have been a bit more challenging. And he has a tendency to work kind of slightly military like it'd be that kind of more kind of you know early 20th century kind of dress coats and everything oh. that you'd need to source or make and i i i can just about snip so <laughs> but not 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 to the level of um, putting together a kind of a great coat to accompany that cosplay sort of thing maybe a future challenge maybe uh, uh what about the walls that is the Bioshock Infinite World up in the skies and that is Rapture which one would you prefer to live on? Um probably Rapture really yeah um, <laughs> right? <laughs> sort of thing but before um, obviously before the before the fall of Rapture um, like <laughs> there's a 
when it's kind of, it was all kind of uh, before the, the the corruption seeped in and the over splicing and what have you and um, like yeah probably um, they in the one of the DLCs for Bioshock Infinite you went back to Rapture before its fall uh-huh. so you kind of saw what it was like and it was very much kind of like I know I think that was Burial at Sea correct uh, yeah Burial at Sea part uh-huh. one um, uh-huh. and part two although part two you were kind of like stuck hidden away um, from the, the more decadent areas of the of Rapture mm-hmm. but but um, but uh, Columbia was also very visually appeasing, sort of thing, uh, mm. before, even bef- uh, before its fall <laughs> in the game. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But no, as I said, like um, I just always enjoyed the kind of look, aesthetic, and the storyline um, of the games. And um, um, uh, even though Irrational Games is no more as such, because Ken Levine's moved on to different things. Um, obviously there's still great fandom for it and he even he quite often kind of like uh, comments on like Twitter or Instagram where about how much love there is for the series and what have you so like, is, is, is there no chance for a sequel you mean I thought oh I, I, well, maybe um, I think the replacement for rational games is ghost story games which has been set up by a bunch of uh, guys who used to be irrational but uh-huh. And I, I'm not entirely sure if they'll. Um, I, I guess it, will, it would need. Um, I guess Ken Levine's kind of blessing for them to do another one, or we'd need Are to um, get into the mindset of doing another Bioshock game. Yeah, unless they do it right, I don't want to have another one. Honestly, mm. I'd just rather leave it at that. Because it kind of left it oh, with the burial at sea. It kind of wrapped up the story because it kind of. Um, Kind of closed the circle, as it were, um, with um, with uh, Elizabeth Comstock being the character that kind of prompted the um, um, "Would you kindly command" um, mm-hmm. to become known, and um, uh, for the kind of that prompted the, the the bonding between a big daddy and a little sister to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could talk about Bioshock for hours and end. <laughs> yeah, now no, I feel I want to play it again and do the stories. So especially now, so it's, it's the 10th anniversary of the first game, and they released the collection, Bioshock collection last year, which yeah. I snapped up as soon as it went on sale. Oh, okay, cool. So, no, I just realized that on Steam, I got upgraded to the, uh, the HD version of the original ones <laughs> uh, for without even paying anything extra, which was cool. So I might give it another go. From the whole series, which one is your favorite character? Which characters really stuck with you? You would like maybe to cosplay them as well. Um, specifically from I guess um, from Bioshock, I guess maybe Atlas at some point. Um, maybe uh, kind of I don't know. I quite like to. Do the kind of spliced up atlas that you see towards the end of the game mm-hmm. when he's like picking up pillars and lobbing them at, um, at your character as you're running after him. Um, but I'd really need to kind of uh, perfect um, and really practice kind of playing with um, around with um, uh, latex and stuff to kind of layer up the kind of 
swollen and misshapen face that he has and what have you, uh, rather than the kind of um, suave-looking um, um, guy that appears in um, Burial at Sea. Um, uh, maybe Fontaine, obviously, Atlas's um, alter ego. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'd, uh, I'd need to kind of work on kind of makeup type skills in that space. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, I guess, oh, from, from Barnashock Infinite, I think, I think because the Book of the Way is kind of such an iconic mm-hmm. character as as a flawed character goes, I yeah. find him quite compelling. Um, I, I think having done him and maybe doing Comstock at some point in the future, if I have the confidence, I think that probably about would be about it for me. And um, the only other stuff I'm working on, working on at the moment is kind of all the kind of background characters, although you can't really call a big daddy a background character in Bioshock, really. Um, so I'm actually working on a bouncer cosplay armor suit, um, like proper kind of a drill arm and light effects on the in the dome that kind of switch, switches between amber and red when he's enraged or not. I am so Andrew that, that's probably going to be the and last Bioshock theme cosplay I do for a, a while. A oh, okay. Uh, the just to just body. to make a change. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, what about Andrew Ryan? I love Andrew Ryan. The problem is, a cosplay will not be unique. But mm. this character with the speech and vision he had, it's always like caught my attention. I always enjoy the dialogues of Andrew Ryan. Oh yeah, 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 and I've seen some people cosplay as Andrew oh. Ryan. I've I've seen someone, um, some fo- um, a guy cosplay. Okay. Me, as um the um uh, Andrew Ryan just after um um he gets um uh, whacked out, knocked out by um, oh. uh, by his son. So he's got like a hot, a broken um golf club stuck oh. in his head. <laughs> he's just wandering around, and every now and again would lie down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can relate to that easily, I guess. So I think which is um um occasionally muttering um a, a man chooses a slave obeys. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> anyway. that's cool. That's cool. Um, <laughs> what about your workspace making these cosplays? Can you explain describe to us your workspace? Um when I'm starting out I'm pro- usually kind of uh, brainstorming and coming up with different ideas on what to do next and most of that's done in my um, flat here in Brentwood mm-hmm. um, but obviously as it's a flat we don't have that much space so fortunately my dad has got quite a substantial workshop mm-hmm. at the end of his garden um, he um, well, at one point restored furniture uh, as, a, as, a, as a business venture mm-hmm. um, and now does it more of as a hobby, but it means that all the tools you need to do make cosplay stuff out of foam and resin and all the other bits and pieces that you use to kind of give the illusion of metal and the illusion of wood and what have you mm-hmm. uh, can be used um, to for that exercise. So he's got like drills, um, lathes, all every 
tool under the sun, which is great for me. <laughs> and, it also, and it also has space to store the more um, larger items that I'm working on at a given point in time. Um, so, um, yeah, so I spend most Saturdays around there working on uh, bits and pieces. And as I said before, I'm working on uh, Bioshock Big Daddy at the moment. So that's pretty much taking up a small corner of my dad's shed at the moment as it kind of expands and gets bigger. <laughs> and I, I guess your father doesn't know really about these food games, right? Oh, we've been slowly educating him because <laughs> at the moment he's kind of helping me out because um, oh. it, I, I've got to a point where it's a bit of a two-man job, okay. um, particularly when it comes to um, kind of shaping and gluing foam mm -hmm. um, sort of thing. So like, um, because quite often you have to kind of fill and shape gaps in the foam and cut carefully and what have you and while you can kind of model through on your own it's always helpful to have a second pair of hands oh. and <laughs> my dad jokes that it just means that um slightly in a convoluted way like, he teaches me how to use all his tools that um that he uh, that he said he says um, will be mine in the future um so um so while it might not be cutting and drilling wood it's cutting and shaping foam <laughs> <laughs> So, working on these cosplays obviously take a lot of time. Before you did that, you must have had other things to do. So, did starting cosplaying come at a cost of other hobbies of yours? Um, to be honest, um, before I got into the cosplay side of things, I've always been sort of creative i used to do an awful lot of war gaming when i was younger so i'd spend many a saturday um going slightly cross-eyed painting small miniatures um so i used to play warhammer 40k and warhammer fantasy and i had quite substantial chaos orc armies and um space marine armies and i just spend many an hour practicing and perfecting different painting techniques painting techniques um um so that was uh what i spend used to spend my time instead on a, on a saturday and then like other than before that i'd i'd probably get played an awful lot more computer games than i do now um sort of thing so um i'd quite often spend a couple of hours in the afternoon like I guess it's a side effect of working in a quite uh, working in London during the week, like, I, um, and then I'd rush around on a Saturday doing chores and stuff, and then I'd think, ah, oh, day and a half not to do anything now. I just spend my entire day on my Xbox or my PlayStation, mm. um, or catching up on uh, the latest TV series. But it's uh, to be honest, the cosplay st um, work stops me doing that and just loafing. So um, it, it helps my creative. I know directs my create my creativeness as mm -hmm. it were rather than it just kind of like uh, dwindle and getting distracted uh -huh. um so um so yeah i think i've just kind of ended up kind of balancing the time i spent on that um against other bits and pieces um I, at the moment it'd be good if i could spend more time on my cosplays just to get them ready for events coming up but um 
I, I kind of have to balance that with um, <laughs> training to do the Brighton Marathon in April. Uh-huh. Um, Good luck with that. And uh, uh, it's coming coming along, um, uh, as is the fundraising. <laughs> um, but the um, so I'm always, and, uh, and I guess no respect. I've always been an early riser. So like I I, I invariably get out if I don't want if I'm going to spend a day on my cosplay i get around to my parents quite early crack on with it most of the day and then likewise on the sunday if i'm doing something i get it done early and then i can kind of loaf and watch tv and play computer games in the afternoon sort of thing so uh what about friendship through cosplay have you made so many cosplay friends do you have someone you call cosplay buddy that you're always in touch with um no, well, I guess from one perspective, like um, my, I've met people from through cosplay, and I've met quite a few kind of uh, through the kind of Bioshock meetups, uh, MCM, um, that are really passionate about the games, and I've become Facebook friends and follow, and they we follow each other on Instagram and what have you and give each other encouragement and stuff in that space. And I think I'll probably meet up with them again at uh, future MCM events and everything. So, but, um, I don't really have, I wouldn't say I've got like lots of cosplay friends yet. Okay. Uh, Yeah. More, um, people that I sort of getting to know kind of like online as it were. And, um, through a shared, passion of geekiness um but um while they're not necessarily cosplayers um uh, like my wife and most of my mates uh through work and outside of work and uh, my sister and even my parents like uh, science fiction and fantasy sort of stuff so um we've always been uh always talking about that or trying to find a time to watch the latest greatest series coming out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Which is uh, right now, since you mentioned it. What's the latest? Um, we just finished watching the second series of Dirt Gently's Listed Detective Agency, which is really good. I, I, I've always liked Douglas Adams. I've okay. always been a big uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan, so seeing that on Netflix Wait, was good. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, there is a series? Oh, no, no, no. Um, I've, I got into Douglas Adams through reading and okay. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but Dirt Gently was another series of books that Douglas Adams wrote. Okay. And they I wasn't did a, And they did, uh, he, and they, they did two series loosely based on his um, books on Netflix. Um, there's been a couple of uh, BBC, uh, BBC attempts to do a series, but Obviously, uh, I think the Netflix one had a bigger budget. Unfortunately, I have, they're not commissioning a third series, which is a bit disappointing. Ah. But, um, as they left it on, on a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, but then again, they did kind of wrap everything up. So, swings and roundabouts. Um, other than that, just been watching Star Trek Discovery, which is, um, I, I appreciate it's divided opinion in the Star Trek fandom. Mm-hmm. Um but um, I, both my my, my uh, wife and I have really enjoyed it. Like the slightly refreshing kind of um, look on the kind of Star Trek universe that it all it isn't all um, shiny and new and perfect Nirvana type 
thing. It is, does show the slightly darker side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we literally just started watching a comedy series of Ted Danson called The, the Good Place, uh, which is, uh, uh, which is um, basically um, is about the afterlife and about someone who um, goes to the good place by mistake. The oh. good place is, um, I suppose you could call it heaven, uh-huh. um, but she should have gone to the bad place. Um, 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 and there's been a, and it's basically her trying to better herself while covering up the fact that she shouldn't be <laughs> where she is. <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. And... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, okay good. Um, I don't think we have that because Netflix Middle East is almost half Netflix US content. So seems we're missing on a lot. I'll, I'll check this out. Definitely, uh, definitely um, check out Dirt Gently and um, The Good Place if you can. They're definitely worth a watch. We'll, we'll check them out. Uh, now, back to cosplaying. What are your plans for this year? I know you're also doing another Bioshock cosplay. Um, so... Um, I've already mentioned I'm working on the uh, Big Daddy Bouncer cosplay from Bioshock. Um, I'm also working on um, a Red Hood cosplay from The Killing Joke, um, the, um, the kind of iconic Batman graphic novel from the 80s, uh, which kind of tells a pos- potential possible theoretical origin of the Joker. Um, sort of thing and what caused him to become the Joker um, mm-hmm. so the Red Hood is um, in The Killing Joke he's a down on his luck comedian that gets roped into uh, breaking into Ace Chemicals and then ends up falling into uh, a vat of chemicals that kind of turns um, this uh, this guy into, into the Joker um, so uh, I've kind of created a Red Hood um, and I've kind of got the DJ and I've got some a nice kind of purple waistcoat lined up and some purple gloves. I just need to work on the uh, makeup to kind of go underneath the hood. So every now and again, I can ah, mm-hmm. start laughing crazily. Um, um, I'm also, I'm still, it's still in early stages, but um, uh, sort of thinking what else to do over the coming year. Um, I might try a couple more kind of superhero type cosplays, but um, I don't want to just go down the kind of popular route. Okay. Do like uh, I want to do something a bit more kind of uh, less known. Yeah, um, a bit more like you, 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 you see plenty of like Captain Americas and mm-hmm. an increasing number of Deadpool's. Although I love Deadpool, mm-hmm. um, sort of thing. Um, the um, you see some really, really good Deadpool cosplays going out there, and um, uh, Funkster cosplay, uh, who actually my sister knows through work, um, uh-huh. cosplays as um, Deadpool um, and um, at, or MCM. He actually does it for um, uh, screen icons. So they they do. It's basically a charity. So he quite often dresses up as Spider Man and. Darth Vader is also in the 501st Legion, so he goes around hospitals and stuff and does fundraising and mm. visit kids and character and what have you. But it's quite often MCM as Deadpool, um, and like it's just um, it's just 
genius. Like, I like seeing some of the work he does. Yeah, he's also got a War Machine cosplay that he's currently rebuilding, having just got a 3D printer, and just seeing him work on that and the attention to detail is like astounding. If I, if I could get anywhere close to what he can do or what he does, I, I'd be very I'd be a very happy person. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, can get there. So yeah, so um, getting back to the um, what else to do? Um, yeah, probably more a bit more. Um, I might have to go through my Marvel encyclopedia and um, pick out a, a less known character, a lesser known mm-hmm. character, or a lesser known variant of a character. Yeah, um, it's a bit more kind of subtle than the, the sort of uh, movie versions you see. Uh, or might might go the other way and be more extravagant, where they sometimes downplay the look of. Um, uh, characters in mm-hmm. like films like you just look look at the like the X Men movies and like they obviously look nothing like their um, comic book counterparts because uh-huh. they're all uniform and lots of um, black leather and spandex but not, none of the brightly coloured spandex of the mm-hmm. of the comics or the the early nineties X Men animated series. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, let's say. Money is no object. You have all the money you need, and you're you have the skills to do any cosplay you want. What would that be? Um, I quite I've seen people do it. Uh, I, I, I'd love to try it which, uh, to do a proper um, uh, Brotherhood of Steel power armor from Fallout. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. There was one at MCM, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. Um so um and uh so like where it's all kind of integrated and everything uh, and like that's working on like the animatronic fingers because obviously the arm extenders and everything in this mm. power armor and what have you. Um quite like to do that um or similarly like a, a really really good kind of Iron Man or War Machine set of armor. Um Kind which, of like you which version? Which version of Iron Man would you like? Is there someone that stands out? I'd love to say I'd do the Hulkbuster armor, but that might be a bit. Uh, <laughs> but do it really properly, so you you wear the normal armor and then you step into the Hulkbuster armor. So then you can wander around the con on during the day, kind of in the normal Iron Man armor, I know Mark Forty Two, and oh. then you step into the Hulkbuster armor when you're outside. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, probably. Iron Man, and then, um, as I said, the kind of Brotherhood of Steel power armor, probably be the ones I would love to do if and if I had the time to do it in. Now that you mention it, I don't recall ever seeing Iron Monger cosplay, which is a fearsome piece of machine that I'd love to see it as cosplay. So I think you'd have to do it in a really clever way, um, sort of thing, because you probably have to. Because uh, Ironmonger is, like, as you see in the first Iron Man film, is quite is probably at least three times the size of mm-hmm. like Tony Stark's armor uh-huh. and what have you. Is that uh, you'd have to? Uh, it would involve probably like stilt work and arm extenders and what have you, and um, and probably like a almost like a bodysuit underneath the suit to kind of give you the bulk needed to be able to move around in it. Um, but yeah, no, like if someone managed to do it and pull it off, it, yeah, it'd be amazing. Um, 
sort of thing. Like, there's probably far better people out there who could think actually how you'd actually do it. Um, but then I've seen people do um, um, Baymax from Big Hero Six. Oh yes, that was also yeah. impressive. I'm just um, sorry, I'm just googling right now, and there are some Iron Monger crossplays. Not many, but some really good ones. I'll post some in the show notes then. So, um, and they obviously even that even like uh, Baymax and Big Hero Six, when he's in his, in his full kind of armor, is pretty chunky and what have you. And I've seen people do that and put it off really well. So it probably wouldn't be too much of a step up to do an Iron Monger. Um, Sort of thing, or well, maybe uh, I've I've, ne- I've not seen anyone do whiplash either from Iron Man too. Um, well, not seen many people do it. Um, but yeah. again, again, it's probably perfectly doable with the the more right mindset, budget, and time. Uh, so, besides cosplaying, what do you like to do at conventions? What attracts you to a convention? Um. Like having listened to some of the other kind of uh, cosplay one podcasts, like uh, the, I'm going to say the exact opposite to what people have to say, and say that some of the, going to the, some of the talks, um, like uh, back in was it May's one, yeah, uh, they had Donnie Yen from Rogue One, and um, and seeing his talk was really interesting, uh, sort of in talking about his like um, growing up and learning his all the martial arts he knows and uh, and his um, involvement in the, the film in, in industry across the world over the years and um, was really interesting and it was a similar cast with some American podcasts so the guy interviewing him that ran this podcast so he was being interviewed live through a po- live podcast but also there as MCM sort of thing so and there were uh, a sort of thing, and then obviously he talked about Rogue One and um, the films he's most known for, which I can't remember, but um, what they were called. But like they showed like a few clips, and it was like just amazing to see. And similarly, I've been to a few other talks, like um, uh, back in October 2016, just before the second series of Humans came out, which is a TV series about. Um, which is set in the near future where um, everyone in their home has a kind of robot servant type, lifelike robot servant. Um, and um, the TV series talks about um, some of them gaining sentience and the kind of, obviously, the problems that entails or what have you. And they had quite a lot of the cast from, the, from humans on it. And um, like they demonstrated how they kind of do... Um, the 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 kind of running of the kind of robots kind of thing because it's very much kind of maximum efficiency. There's no kind of uh, it's very kind of almost wooden in how they do it, and and that was really interesting. And uh, and so yeah, so I don't go to every single talk because there's so many of them and there's not enough time to do it. But I do enjoy them. Um, also. Um, uh, seeing all the cosplays, um, wandering around, um, quite often a bit outside, although obviously it's a bit much bigger thing at the May one when it's a bit warmer, because, and whereas in October they don't really do, MCM don't put too much on outside in October, and it's mainly just people con- uh, meeting up outside and 
they'll have like like yourself um photographers kind of like setting up um making themselves available or letting people know where they're going to be so they can arrange kind of photos and bits and pieces mm-hmm. um plus i guess i know while mcm gets pretty busy um it's a lot busier on the saturday than it is on the friday uh i tend to go on the friday and kind of wander around everywhere kind of on the friday and then go and do specific things on the saturday because it's a lot quieter um the um that's my train of thought now but the um but just kind of getting the vibe and checking out the games that are being shown and like grabbing the, the odd bit of free merchandise and then inevitably paying for other merchandise <laughs> um, uh, sort of thing um so yeah so i guess it's the it's a mixture of things so as i said the talks the people the people makes it like um to be honest like being surrounded by a bunch of uh, a, a majority of like-minded people is always good uh, and the and there's no kind of pretense or well there's not often much pretense um and everyone's there to have a good time and uh people like don't, don't mind sort of you stopping them and asking them for a photo and uh, or chatting about whatever amazing cosplay they put together or what have you mm-hmm. um and then i guess from the opposite end of the scale the uh, the, the sci-fi weekend that i'm going to and have been to in wales is a much smaller affair a much more intimate affair it's not a big multinational multi-billionaire billion industry uh type convention event where it's kind of they take over a holiday park um and you have all the guests staying with the people going to it and um, being able to have a chat with them in the bar in the evening is great. Um, and um, it's just a bit more intimate sort of thing. So, um, so like the, you, you're not miles, if you go to a talk or a presentation, you're not miles away because the, 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 the site is so much smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and like, well, obviously, it doesn't have as I said, the big budgets of like the likes of MCM and some of the big uh, conventions. Like, they do pack a lot of stuff in, so they still have a cosplay competition. They get guests in to do talks. They have people from Star Wars, Doctor Who, um, uh, Outlander, or um, uh, various kind of like popular um, shows and films and games and what have you and and uh again they it's, it's almost like a bigger convent uh comic-con but condensed because it's that fewer people much uh, much fewer people but um and almost more intense kind of focus of enthusiasm because um everyone's driven miles to get to this small campsite um, holiday park in the middle of North Wales um, that doesn't have great um, um, uh, mobile phone connectivity Uh and what have you and um, like yeah it's great fun Uh cool Uh, well anything you hate about conventions anything that happens that annoys you there um I suppose um (laughs) slightly countering what I said earlier sort of like part of it is probably the crowds but the bigger ones um, 
uh, I went to London Film and Comic Con back in 2015 when they were doing the anniversary stuff for Back to the Future because it was like future year and all that. Um, and they had like uh, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, um, uh, all the uh, quite a lot of the cast from the from all three films there. And but it was the, the, the it was the volume of people and the crowd control, like uh, just to get in on the Saturday. There was a mile long queue because they take over they they took they take over um, the Olympia uh, exhibition center. And we got uh, we got there about ten o'clock in the morning, thinking, "Oh, the crowds would have down, died down. Everyone will be inside." But no, we got there. And we we started following the queue. We kept going. We kept going. We kept going until we got to the end. Um, the only highlight of that queue was like was when you got to near to the near to the entrance. Um, this taxi pulled up. Batman jumped out and said, "Where's the entrance?" And everyone pointed to the back of the queue. He <laughs> <laughs> was in full, uh, full like um, uh, kind of like the original Batman movie kind of cos- um, cosplay outfit with a kind of the black kind oh. of uh, rubber and the, okay. the yellow bat and symbol and everything. And he proudly stepped out of a black cab and said, "Where's where's the entrance?" And then got sent to the back of the queue. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it's the crowds is one thing, but that can't be helped. Those can't really be helped. You just kind of need to know where to go to avoid it, um, where you can get to go to get away from it when it gets a bit too intense. I feel I I, um, do, I do feel that MCM is kind of overselling at some days, like Saturdays, and it gets extremely crowded. That inside. I just wanted to get out, and it took me maybe 15 minutes just to get out of the area inside. Uh, that's, I feel, too much. There should be a limit where it's reasonable. You can walk around rather than just squish around. Oh, yeah, and there's nothing worse. Well, I guess another it's like part of the crowd's issue and the, the, the sheer volume is that like, understandably, you get people kind of moving around and everything, but then you, there's always the person you get stuck behind that seems to be moving at a snail's pace. And you don't <laughs> want to be rude and say, like, shoo, move on, get out of my way. <laughs> but um, uh, at the same time, it's like, I, I, I want to get over to that talk or that stand, or I'm going to a cosplay meet over there, and you're stuck, you're, uh, people are just in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I learned my lesson on Saturdays. I go. I don't go inside. That's it. So, yeah, I, I, I don't blame you at all. Like um, the, it's fine. Like I always get the the early entry tickets. So you have on the Saturday. It's like two hours before um, the general entry tickets. So it's it's if you do if you go on a Saturday and get the you can kind of wander around all the stalls and the stands and the interactive areas in relative peace relatively for a couple of hours on a Saturday before it gets manic and then you can particularly in May go outside and do all the, st- all the kind of the, watch the stuff that's going on the stage they put out there and uh, wander around and marvel at all the, everyone's different all the, everyone's efforts that and uh, 
in the cosplay space. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I'm there for. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, David, we're reaching the end of the uh, show. Before we wrap, I uh, would like to know your opinion, suggestions about some games and movies. TV shows, you've already gave us good suggestions, I guess. Any games, movies you would like to recommend, perhaps not everyone have heard of, so... Um, I just finished playing, although uh, I'm waiting on the, the DLC to come out, but um, South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Oh, okay. So it's just a, it's just a sequel to The Stick of Truth from a few years back, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, South Park. If you if you like South Park, um, the TV series, you'll oh. love the game, because it not only um, uh, lets you play out an episode, or episodes of South Park, it also enables you to play a game that, isn't afraid of uh, mocking many, many a uh, uh, genre from superheroes to <laughs> fantasy to TV and what have you. Yeah. Uh, in a very, very clever way, and it's not purely pure old humour. But um, sometimes, uh, like certainly in the early days of South Park, that um, that it got tainted with a, a got, uh, slightly tainted view of it just being pure old kind of toilet-based humour when it was always very kind of cleverly thought out um, and certainly these days very kind of um, observational of what's going on in world events and what have you. Um, also, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is kind of like a... Um, it's actually prompting all of, all of people to start looking at putting together cosplays of the character of play Aloy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like a set in the di- distant future after a world... Um, kind of catastrophe where um, ever like the humanity's kind of gone backwards into kind of tribal mentality, and they get by by um, hunting uh, robot animals and robot creatures like like raptors and giant robot giraffes and stuff like that. Yeah, so, it's, it's a um, brilliant game. I, I, I. I I'm busy. I couldn't finish the Frozen Wilds yet, but I'm I'm going through it right now. It's a brilliant game. It's so like the 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 the, the animation and the the like just the visual flair of the game is awesome. To be honest, do you find um, yourself have the time taking photos rather than playing this yeah, game? Sort of thing. <laughs> um, and then um, I know other people have mentioned it, but. Um, uh, Uncharted, the Lost Legacy, the um, which is uh, I, I I think I I, I got it on, on release day and I didn't leave the sofa until I finished it oh. about twelve o'clock in the evening. <laughs> wow, um, sort of thing because it was that that kind of a, like immersive as it were. Um, I didn't actually finish it in one sitting, but it was that it was that kind of good that kind of visual experience. Uh, movies wise. I don't. I, I. I'll probably just spout all the stuff that's coming out, and but I'm certainly looking forward to the um, the next uh, Star Wars story movie uh-huh. solo. Having seen the the teaser trailers in that space, um, um, to be honest, all the films I've seen recently in the cinema are ones most people have seen. So uh-huh. okay. Uh, so uh, I, I won't dwell on that too much. Oh, no. Although I, I'm going to be controversial and say I liked episode eight. I know opinions are split across the world, but, but I like Star Wars. It's always controversial. Um, 
I went to the movie twice, and half the people I went with loved it. However, when I argued my points, they, they agreed on all the points. I think there is a major distinction between the people who love it, people who hate it, is the direction it has taken. The director is trying to be daring and bring something new to the franchise. And the people who love it are the people who seem to have accepted this change. And the people who didn't love it are the people who thought this change doesn't work very well with this story or the backstory. Uh, besides that, there were parts in the story that I completely hated, didn't make sense. I'm not going to mention anything because it's still brand new, relatively, so some people might not have seen it. But some parts I hated, but I think this was the distinction between the people who love it and hate it. Yeah, yeah, like that. it just kind of reads street uh, feeds online about it, and uh, and yeah, it is. I think it's very much become very much a Marmite movie. But the interesting thing I found was that um, uh, someone posted quotes from um, what he uh, it gave the impression it was views of um, the Last Jedi. But at the end, it's like, please note all these quotes are um, observations from on the Empire Strikes Back when it was released. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, it was a similar view and similar questions and observations being raised when that's, the Empire Strikes Back got released. That's one thing they're doing. They're kind of recycling the story, in a sense. <clears throat> like some parts, I told them, this is going to happen. There is going to be a character like this. There's going to be something like that. And it happened. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this sort of thing. I, I felt part of the story weren't. Very well written. Uh, well, uh, David, we are at the end of the show. I'd like to thank you so much uh, for joining us after this huge delay. Uh, no worries. Thank you. Can, where can people uh, find you and follow up on your updates? Um, well, um, I'm on Cosplay One as Barb DeWitt. Um, and I'm also on Instagram as David Barber 1984 um, where I probably post most of my kind of work in progress photos on cosplay. Um, I haven't posted that many photos on cosplay one recently, but mainly because there's no photos of me actually in cosplay at the moment. Um, and then, um, similarly, a lot of my stuff goes up on Facebook, which is David W. Barber. Uh, well, uh, thanks so much again, David, for joining us and hope to see you this May and have you again in the future as well. Cool, great. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, bye. You've been listening to Cosplay One Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss future episodes. Also, if you can take a minute to give us a good rating on iTunes, that would be a huge help. And don't forget to check the latest cosplays on our site by heading over to cosplayone.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time.